Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to The Morning Beat. It's our happiest day of the week, Michaela Gordon. It's Tuesday. Lord have mercy. Tuesday is such a bore, honey. I mean, it really is. And I think that many people would agree with me. Monday, you're like, crap, it's Monday. Wednesday, you're like, midweek. Yeah, midweek. Thursday, Thursday, it's Friday Eve. Then it's Friday. <laughs> Tuesday sucks. Did you call Thursday Friday Eve? Yeah, also, it sounds like, worse. Th- Friday I know. Eve. Friday Eve. I, 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 I think it sounds excellent. I Justin. get it. Oh, we got Justin back in studio. Oh, yeah, he's back. Here we go. There he is. All right, Eeyore's back. Get Vanessa on the phone. How dare you? Get Vanessa on the line. Get Vanessa, our old producer from last week. <laughs> I will say this, though. She, live on the air, did say while she was here on our show, she goes, you guys are fun. And I'll be honest, let's go there. Kind of puts me to sleep sometimes. <gasps> I was like, Vanessa. They're very NPR. No, they're so good. They're professional. But also queer. They like to like talk about news, and I like to talk well, we, about my bikini that I just I got in the mail. Yeah, bikini waxes and such. So we're going to spend the weekend actually with them, though, in Palm Springs for Palm Springs Pride. We can't wait. Also, it's going down. Thursday night, we're hosting a, a drag show at the Morongo. So if you're headed into Palm Springs for the weekend, make sure you stop by and see Michaela and I or see all four of us. Uh, we're going to be popping in and out of uh, Palm Springs Pride throughout the entire week. I know we're going to a pool party on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but today... Also, isn't also today Day of the Dead, Justin? Yes, last yes. day of Dia de los Muertos. Okay, you can say it a little bit better than I can. Even though you are of Mexican heritage, that didn't roll off your tongue as easily I'm as I'm like I the expected. king of Mexico. I can't speak a lick of Spanish. Not a word. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I, I only really realized this because, well, I grew up Catholic, so I knew that yesterday was All Saints Day. Right? Correct. Because all ha- Halloween is supposed to scare away the bad stuff. All so Hallows yeah, Eve. All yes. Hallows Eve, yes. Um, but the resort we're getting married at, Michaela. Michaela and my yeah. wedding party, uh, did a whole thing and they were fo- posting all these photos uh, and it reminded me of Coco where you put like the photos of the de- deceased like, grandparents on the, the front oh. Yes, all of it. So beautiful. You know, it's so interesting. I didn't put, I didn't piece that together, but we drove from Vegas back to LA last night and we never drive at this time, but Lisa's favorite, favorite thing in the whole world is a sunset. She loves it. It's I thought like, you were going to say the roller coaster out the casino. Oh my God, I wish. I'm obsessed. I love it. I, am, I know. Trust me, I know it very well. The yellow one. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we were driving in the most beautiful sunset. We caught it and we caught it for miles. And we were like, it really is so beautiful. And then I was like, good work, girls. And yeah. I was talking about my grandma and her grandma. I, I often joke, like, oh, okay, my, what, girls. My grandma wasn't there. Corky, Corky wasn't was around. there, but she was with me this weekend. So she was sleeping already. She was exhausted. She, she does get tired. Yeah, she did her artwork Sunday night for me. Got it. She made sure Gaga was there. Now she's taking a nap. Perfect. But it did. It felt like angels were surrounding us. And Lisa also bought a car yesterday. And it just all of our angel numbers kept showing up. Stop bragging, fancy. 
Listen, I'm going to brag about Lisa, okay? Because my little sweet baby was a DJ in a pandemic, and she had a tough year, yeah. like so many. And she's coming back swinging, and she's daddy. And I'm like, okay. I love it. I love it for her. You I know, also Lisa. love how majestic uh, a sunset can be and how whether you believe in anything or nothing at all, you can't deny there's like magic in the air That's sometimes. That's literally, Gorgeous. it's literally what Lisa yeah. said. Lisa said, whether you believe in God or whatever, yep. this is like proof yep. that no matter what, like something, something is there. Something magical happening. Yes. Go see a sunset in Hawaii. I know. Even more magical. I know. What island? You're on the Big Island, right? Big Island, yep. Uh, Hawaii does have the most obscene sunsets. Yeah. And the water's always turquoise and it's always warm. You can I swim. know. Uh, I can't tell you. Uh, we are getting to the news. I know it's important, but our, just, our producer, Justin, was just in Hawaii for his time. honeymoon. And when I, every time I've been to Hawaii, I float in the water during sunset. It's my favorite thing to yeah. do. It's just to watch the sun go down while on the horizon while I'm in the water. It's gorgeous. And then I immediately get terrified of sharks and I get out. But those <laughs> moments between are pretty magical. I don't yeah. think there's actually the, like big sharks in Hawaii. There really aren't. Yeah, the yeah but warm. I still feel the same way. I get terrified. Did Bennett go in the water, your son? He uh, waded in a little bit, but he preferred the little wading pool at the resort. Yeah, kids are like that. Yeah. Yeah. you got to give him a few years. Yeah. yeah. Take him back when he's five or six. That's like the sand probably irritates him too. The yeah. sand no, irritated he loved my the knees. Sand. Uh, we were at the Black Sand Beach and he was literally just picking up handfuls of it and just that's so cute my oh. niece hated it she was like it hurts i don't like i'm scratching yeah. i'm itching and i was like shut up that hawaiian sand though is powder oh yeah. so good all right so it's nice. time now for news on the beat what do you got for us all right honey well gray's anatomy has announced that its first non-binary doctor will become a reoccurring character on the show dr k bartley i watch it's a big deal you so love good. it yes, you're she, excited uh, they're also from uh the show shrill on netflix yes or on, on hulu oops god i worked for hulu hulu with well, Andy Bryant. I love that. Well, Dr. K. Bartley, played by non-binary actor E.R. Fightmaster, made their debut on season 18's third episode as a Parkinson's disease researcher. Dr. Meredith Gray and Dr. Amelia Shepard meet Dr. Bartley while on a trip to the Minnesota hospital where they work. When the show picks back up on November 11th, Dr. Bartley will return as a regular on the long-running medical drama. The ABC describes Dr. Bartley as dedicated to their craft and extremely talented at what they do, as well as confident and able to make even the most detailed and mundane science seem exciting and cool. Last week, Fightmaster celebrated the news of their casting on Instagram, posting a headline from Variety and writing, I am having so much fun. Uh, She's hot. I'm sorry, they are hot Yeah, I follow them on, on Instagram. I'm about to. I sent a DM one night weeks ago. I was like, you're so incredible on Shrill, and now on Grey's Anatomy, I follow you on two shows. I'm in love. Yes. So okay. cool. Well, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be high of 55 in New York, 72 in LA, 79 in Vegas, 88 in Palm Springs, where we'll be this weekend, 46 in... Con- why did I want to read Kentucky City and I meant to say Kansas City? What, what's it like in Kentucky City? Today? Not Kentucky City, honey. I don't know because I don't have that weather. Because Kentucky City, I've never said in my life. 54 in Baltimore, a high of 88 in Cathedral City and 88 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. Well, I am going to give you a vibe of the day. But first, I do want to tell you about something really cool we're doing this weekend. Channel Q in the morning beat. Heading Woo! over to the uh, Morongo Casino Resort and Spa in Palm Springs to kick off Palm Springs Pride with our first annual Divas in the Desert uh, Drag Show Galore, hosted by Michaela and I, also starring uh, our drag diva Rosemary Galore and friends. First 25 people get a free drink on us. So join us this Thursday, November 4th from 8 to 11 p.m. in the drum room at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa and kick off Palm Springs Pride with Channel Q and the true queens of the desert. For more information, head over to wearechannelq.com. Come say hi to us. We want to meet you. Uh, In honor of Day of the Dead, here is your vibe of the day. To live in hearts, we leave behind 
is not to die. They're always with us. I love that. Is your grandma, is Grandma Vivian in your heart? <sighs> my grandma Vivian's tattooed on my body. My grandma has an album coming out for her. Then she'll never my die. My grandma is just, Vivian, I love you, baby. Oh, so good. All right, coming up, we did this story yesterday. We talked about a school visiting a gay bar uh, in Florida, but we're going to have an actual conversation. Do we think it's wrong for our own personal reasons? Uh, we'll discuss next. Okay, so we shared a story yesterday that's really just been sitting on our hearts uh, so much so that we want to expand on it today because there's more audio that's been released about the school children uh, down in Broward County, Florida, who uh, for 10 years have been taking a field trip to a local uh, bar and restaurant that happens to be LGBTQ+. It's called Rosie's, and... Uh, it's within walking distance, and these uh, teachers and chaperones walk with these students to the, this place uh, once a year to learn about how restaurants work. They see the kitchen, they understand business, and and they're taught, you know, what goes into feeding families. Yes, and and keeping people safe, right, and 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 healthy. Also, they learn about a bit of diversity because it is a queer uh, bar. And restaurant, and there are rainbows hanging from the like. So, so it's a whole experience for these children, right? For ten years, been going off without a hitch, uh, and and all of a sudden this year, it's an issue. Uh, and Sarah Leonardi is a school board member who said, "I was so honored to be invited to chaperone Wilton Manor's elementary field trip to the incredible Rosies." The students and I had a fun walk over, learned a lot about our community. A huge thank you to Rosie's Bar and Grill for hosting the special field trip every year. It's a big deal, right? Yeah. Well, parents caught wind of this because it's 2021 and people get mad about everything. And now, after 10 years, apparently this is problematic. We're indoctrinating children and and this is a bad, bad thing. Listen to some of the voicemails that were left uh, on Sarah Leonardi, this this uh, school board member, uh, listen to some of the voicemails she received after parents caught wind of this. You are a child abuser by taking kids to some bar, gay bar. Go to hell. And I think that's the most up thing I've ever heard of. And you are a You've been reported for child abuse. Okay, why do these people all sound like the angriest people in the world? I know. They're so upset. Why are they all men? I like, don't know. So we, I'll bet you none of those are parents, by the way. None. I guarantee you, none of them have a kid in school in that district either. Yeah. They're not they're probably calling from other states. Like, like that's and that's the thing. All of a sudden, the news goes news goes viral because we have twenty four hour news cycles and social media, and everybody thinks that they've got access to everybody, and they all deserve a vote. They all deserve to say what they want to say. And time and time again, we hear about the school board meetings that go off the rails and go viral. And usually, the people who are so upset aren't even from the school district. Yeah, they just come into these meetings. It's true. So, what 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 is the like? Because I think it's homophobia. I think it's queerphobia. Yeah, I do too. And that's at the root of this. Because if there weren't rainbows hanging there, then what would be the issue? Like, what do you think the actual issue is, Michaela? I I think it's homophobia. Mm. I think it's exactly that because you have no problem. Look, you could literally say that. Uh, there's so many restaurants that are restaurants during the day and bars at night. I mean, so many straight you areas. Have a niece. How old is Natalia? Four, five, five, four. Okay, she's five. Would you take she's her into five. a place like this during the daytime? A thousand percent. I take her to the Abbey during the daytime. Of course, it's a restaurant. You, at, right before the pandemic, what did we do for your birthday? We went to a drag show. A drag show in West Hollywood. Flaming Saddles. At the time of our lives. Yes. Who had the best time of everybody there? Four-year-old Harlow Harvey. 
Incredible. Kate Caldwell's daughter. She ate tater tots and gave dollars but to, let drag, me tell you something. to drag queens. We did. I did. I put that on my stories. I thought it was really funny. And me and Kim both got backlash for having Harlow hand dollars to the drag queens. Like people were upset. They didn't know why she was in the drag bar. Mm. But you'll take your kids to the circus. They can Absolutely. look at clowns. You sure will. They can look at that. A buddy of mine, uh, he used to be a pastor. He actually works with a lot of really, really big artists right now in like the rap world. And he said that his daughters were asking him what the point of Halloween was. And he told them, it's about it's about giving to others. It's about giving generously to people. Yeah. So that's why we hand out candy to people. We don't ask for anything. They don't have to pay for it. We just give them things to be kind. And that's how he sort of framed framed Halloween this year for them. And I think that you can do the exact same thing if you take a kid to a drag show. Yeah. They're working right now. They're entertaining you. And this is just another way of paying them. But to to our, your point about about parents and and people, and like Justin said moments ago, that a lot of times these parents aren't even from the school district. Well, there is one parent who is from the school district whose kid was actually on this trip who has firsthand knowledge of what actually went down uh, that contradicts what I'm, I'm sure so many people are thinking. Take a listen. Saying, you know, elementary school takes uh, children to gay bar. You know, I mean, come on. David Comras's five-year-old daughter went on that field trip to nearby Rosie's Bar and Grill. He says the event happens every year for almost a decade. His son has gone. The kids learn the industry. They meet the chef, even pay for the check themselves. They are learning at this point civics and they show them uh, how a kitchen works. I mean, that's that's a parent of one of the children who's had multiple children go on this exact field trip. And part of the, the dust up yesterday, uh, everybody was saying, well, look at this menu. Because, you know, menus at gay restaurants can be kind of cheeky. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Hamburger Mary's, you get your check at the end and a big high heel stiletto. Yeah. Like that stuff's kind of fun. But some of the some of the some of the menu items might be called, you know, they might use the word top or bottom or things that maybe you don't want to explain to a kid. I get that. They printed out a separate menu specifically for these children because as a community, we are thoughtful. We are always thoughtful. Yeah. And kind. And we we, we know what it's like to be discriminated against. We know what it's like to be pointed out for being different. And so I think oftentimes we go an extra mile to make those around us feel comfortable, which is exactly what the owners of Rosie's did. So to try to drag them for something that never actually happened. There's no indoctrination going on here. They're not giving these kids adult menus and saying, hey, what kind of margarita do you want? Yeah. They made a little menu for these little kids to nurture them and to teach them what a business in their community looks like and how to support it. Absolutely. They paid their own bill. I just, I do think it just, just stems around homophobia. And I think that it's the same way that this, these parents wanted to take out, uh, you know, the Holocaust. They wanted to take out uh, Harriet Tubman. They wanted <laughs> right. to take out, they're just trying. Like it didn't to, exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's obscene. And so I think that uh, I'm happy. I would take my kids to this. It's, it's the same school. type of parents I mean, who to also. This, uh, to yes, this bar. They also, the same type of parents who don't want their kids to learn about critical race theory. Like they're afraid of everything that's yeah. not like white cis centered and straight, you yeah. know? And it's just unfortunate. But hopefully they do this for an 11th and a 12th and a 13th year and they continue on. Absolutely. And if you're in the area, if you're in Broward County, go support Rosie's. Absolutely. All right, coming up, was this Instagram influencer stunt tasteless or sympathetic? AJ and I have differing opinions and we'll talk next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, so once again, a TikTok influencer. That's a weird phrase to even say, but here we are. I'm an influencer. You're an here influencer. Here we are. Um, has got some feathers ruffled because a young woman in Florida, uh, she's mourning the loss of her father. And she is doing so uh, through a series of fashion photos uh, that she took in front of his coffin uh, and posted on social media. She's at his his, uh, funeral, and people have a lot of emotions about this. Her name is, um, oh God, where is it? Oh, Jane Rivera is her name. And she's wearing a little tight little black dress, uh, quite a bit of cleavage, one arm exposed, and the other arm kind of looks like a suit. Uh, basically looks like a tuxedo jacket that was made into a little skimpy sort of dress. She's got high heels and little black tights on. So she's wearing all black. Um, but the issue is, I think, for people that her deceased father is in the photos, and she's posing around him, one with one leg up, looking over her shoulder, being all cute and seductive. It's what she does, though. It's her Instagram She's known as a fashion influencer and a fitness model. Uh, she also has an OnlyFans account. Uh, is this weird? Uh, is it unacceptable? Is it disrespectful? What are your thoughts, Michaela? Okay, so listen, I'm going to take some heat for this, and I really don't care. I uh, I saw the story. And let me say that I do think it's weird, right? Like, I wouldn't pose like that in front of my father's casket. I wouldn't mm-hmm. pose like that in front of Vivian's casket. I almost literally rolled Vivian's casket away out through the front doors because I was so emotional that I leaned in, didn't know it was on rollers, and she almost just fled the scene. However, (laughs) she, this girl, like her whole brand is very much how she dresses. And when her father was alive, they very much had that relationship along with her mother. And I don't want to say like that there's some sort of Miami culture. I wouldn't want to make it a cultural thing, but like it is different. She, uh, She behaved differently uh, when her father was alive and uh, she was mourning him. And I feel like this is sort of the reality that we live in. People use their Instagram for a lot of things now. Our generation, I would never like post a casket, but she did. At the end of the day, she's grieving her father. And I don't think that it's up to us or society to discuss 
or really have an opinion on how she's doing so. She was very close to him. He also looked like he was very young. I feel like it came from out of nowhere because they were really best friends. And so I I just think that you have to also look at the situation. I mean, look at her her behavior before and look at how her mother behaved. I I think it's just different. I think it's interesting. I think it's I think to me it lacks tact. Um, but that doesn't mean I, I don't support her doing what she wants to do for herself because I, I think she has every right to. We don't know her relationship with her father. She's mourning the way she wants to mourn. It's weird to see her make prayer hands and do like a little like smirk on her face in front of a casket of her dead father. That's odd. I would never do that. But then again, I also gave the eulogy for my grandmother's uh, funeral. She just, she died 10 years ago last week. And Sorry, at, honey. at her eulogy, I was bawling my eyes out, but also said to everyone in the room, our entire family, I can't wait to finally vote for Hillary Clinton and not get my vote canceled out by my grandma. So that's exciting for me. And that's a joke I made in her eulogy because she just hated that bitch Hillary, just hated every single thing about her, right? And uh, and so that got like a little laugh. And then I wrote a chapter in my book that came out years later about my grandmother, my love of her, and and the chapter is titled Dead AF. Yeah. So we all use humor to get through things. My only concern is this, and, and and I am a little bit old-fashioned, that I think some things need to remain private and that some things do need to remain special to us and they need to be honored as such for me. And so my fear is that this generation on social media has become so desensitized to things because they've seen so much more. I just worry that down the line, she might wish that she had taken some some kept some things private. That's my only concern. This might be who she is, and she might be this way till the day she dies, and that might work for her. Yeah, but in, I think in general, it's... I'm just worried about kids oversharing their lives and wishing maybe they'd kept some things to themselves someday down the road. Yeah, but I don't agree with that at all. I don't think it's oversharing. I think she's very much saying her father was very much a part of her social media, her life. He passed away. She shared with her followers. He passed away. I'm making an entire album for my grandma that passed away. Mm-hmm. Is that oversharing? Like, to me, it's not. Honor, I think, uh, to, to me, honoring your grandmother through music is different than posting pictures of your dead grandma's casket on your Instagram. Like, that feels like a, just a bridge too far for me. And yeah. again, I, again, I support her. She has every right to do what she wants to do. My fear is that this generation will someday look back and say, I wish I had not documented every single thing. I wish things, some things were just private for me and my family. That's my only concern. I totally my, hear that. I yeah. think, though, that I wish I would have documented more growing up. I wish I had more of a trail of the things that I've done. I heard this woman, actually, she's she's uh, her name's Angie. She's incredible at this dancer from Gaga. And she said she keeps all of her um, she keeps all of her journals and her, her uh, calendars to remember where she's been. Mm-hmm. And I just think I wish it would, I, I, I yeah. don't. I agree with it. I get that. All right, coming up, as you're, we're rapidly getting told to close out, I'm getting nervous. Sorry, Justin. Jazz Jennings coming up grapples with binge eating disorder as she prepares for Harvard in I Am Jazz trailer, and we'll discuss next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat Jazz. Jennings back in the headlines as uh, she prepares to release season seven of her show, I Am Jazz, on TLC. Uh, but she's in the headlines for something you might not have seen coming. Michaela Gordon, what's popping? Okay, so she is embarking on a new adventure. The transgender activist, 21, is navigating mental health and overeating as she prepares to begin her freshman year at Harvard University in the upcoming season of I Am Jazz. She said, two years ago, I was on my way to one of the greatest institutions in the world, but I was actually struggling severely with mental health issues. Uh, She talks about it in the trailer. Let's take a listen. Two years ago, I was on my way to one of the greatest institutions in the world, but I was actually struggling severely with mental health issues. 
All right, once it zeroes, I started binge eating and I gained weight and more weight and more weight. And now almost 100 pounds heavier, here I am today. Now she gets very candid about the struggles of being active and doing the things that she used to enjoy while struggling with her weight. She's also butting heads with her family saying that at one point she experienced fat shaming. Uh, she talks about her diet. Also, take a listen. A typical morning's breakfast. Fast food, maybe a donut or two, and then maybe two bagels. I don't judge her by that. I'm just shocked. We're not putting butter on it right now, Jazz. I, I know, I just... No, you need to chill right now. No, you need to chill. Even when we think we're doing something right, she falls off the wagon. How much butter did you put on the pasta? Put one oh. tablespoon. Guys, you measure wait. it? No, 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 that's not one tablespoon. I do experience fat shaming from my family. It makes me feel really humiliated. You know, this is a tough situation because I think that... I could see where she feels like she's experiencing fat shaming, and maybe she is, but she also comes from a very, very supportive family, as you've seen in prior seasons. They've really supported her, but at what point do you have to make... At what point do you have to say this is not a healthy lifestyle? And that's my thing. Like, I'm all for body positivity. There's no one on Earth, no medical professional or dietitian on the planet who would say gaining 100 pounds in one year... Is okay. Is okay. And also... Like bagels and donuts and b- butter for breakfast. It's not even nutritional. It's going to kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this, it's this a makes tough me sad. I know. Listen, I, you know I've yo-yoed, and early on in the pandemic, all I did was have cheeses and red wine and make a lot of jokes about it, but I gained some weight. And then I worked out really, really hard, and I lost some weight. And then all of a sudden, I weighed myself a couple weeks ago, and I weighed more than I've ever weighed in my whole life. And now I'm working out again. It's a constant struggle. You got to stay on top of it. And sometimes if you're not on top of it, it's also okay to be okay with that for a while as well. Yep. Uh, and, and to love yourself. But 100 pounds in a year at age 21 is a lot. Yeah, it really is. It's so sad. Uh, but we'll continue keeping you updated. We do love her. I think she's so beautiful. Uh, all right, coming up in What the Health, Dr. James joins us to talk about kids getting vaccinated and why so many are hesitant. Next. Love is in the air, huh? Huh? I love this time of year. Same. I'm really excited about the holidays. Me too. You know, it's so funny because we'll probably have this debate and then I can really see how this goes. Me and you are going to go, we're probably going to put up our Christmas tree today. And then Justin's going to go, what? No, not till after Thanksgiving. And then I'm going to go, Justin, just calm down, okay? We're still trying to just get out of the pandemic. However, we got the (sighs) Christmas tree from my mother-in-law's house. You brought it back? We brought it back. Where'd you fit it? In the trunk. Lisa... Lisa can make anything fit. Lisa's an icon. Wow. She did. It also breaks up into three. Got it. So it's easier. Got it. So we're going to, I think we're just going to put it up today and just live our best life because it makes me feel so cozy and happy. Go off, Justin. You know what? I'm going to say to this. I'm all on board. Okay. I'm in this year. Is this a Christmas miracle? Okay. Here's the thing. Is this a Christmas miracle? This might shock you even more. You're going to say no. I'm not. You're crazy. Don't put it up yet. Okay, really? get over Christmas yourself. Christmas trees do not go up till the day after Thanksgiving. First of all, that totally rebuts what you said no, no, yesterday. No, 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 no. I yesterday said... you said you want to put your Christmas no, no, tree up. No, I did not say that. Go back and listen. I said that I'm in the spirit this back. year, and it's the first time that I'm down with Christmas music early. I usually don't listen to Christmas music until the tree goes up. This year, November 1st, I'm all in. Well, I love that for you. I'm putting the Christmas tree up. 
We're running sugar and spice. Listen, my fiance. I need well, cozy. We should play sugar and spice because you just need to play. It's really. Um, but also, uh, it's your holiday single. Go buy it on iTunes. Um, my fiance though texted me yesterday while we were on air and said, "Hey, I just bought us tickets to Love Actually, the Broadway or like the stage performance of it. There's a stage show uh, that's being performed every year in Beverly Hills at the Almison. And so I'm super, super excited. I can't wait. I am very much in the spirit. We're going to see the Nutcracker on Christmas Eve with my little nephews and my cousins. So sweet. I mean, we're all in. I'm just not putting up a tree until after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I feel like I just need the cozy. Mm. And I, for me also, I will say, me and Lisa talked about this, we're gone so many weekends. We're booked until January, and then we're booked into January. That having the Christmas tree up, if we waited until December, we would see it for maybe seven days. So I want to get use of that tree. Okay, so my next question. Are you going to buy ornaments for it this year? Because last year it was a little sad. You pulled it together at the end of the season. But that early Christmas tree looked a little barren. Yeah, no, we we have the ornaments. Okay, good, good, good. Gorgeous. We put ornaments on it last year. I know, but I, I think just you waited kept a while. it up longer. Hmm. Did we? Oh, remember, we waited longer. We waited longer. Yeah. We waited longer. I remember at one point going to your place before you had ornaments, you had like three or four on there. I was like, hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah you either have to do it full or not at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. I know. We got the ornaments. They're gorgeous, too. It's going to be nice. Well, Merry Christmas, my little half Italian Jew. Thanks, honey. Half Jewish Italian, I guess, would be the other way to say it. A little pizza bagel. Oh, you're my little pizza bagel. <laughs> we have a fantastic <laughs> hour coming up for you. Vaccinations are controversial, but kids have been getting them to go to school for decades. Why is that so controversial? Uh, Dr. James Simmons is going to join us for What the Health and have that discussion coming up in about 12 minutes from right now, but currently it's time for News on the Beat. Okay, babe, so the Supreme Court listened to hours of arguments yesterday regarding the controversial Texas abortion law, which prohibits abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy and attempts to avoid legal challenges by empowering private citizens to enforce it. The nine justices will continue to deliberate the case in private, but during yesterday's hearings, at least two conservative justices, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, expressed doubts regarding Texas' effort to prevent federal lawsuits against the law. This could set up a court majority ruling against Texas for the first time and allow at least one of the lawsuits against the ban to proceed. Critics of the law hope this may lead to a suspension of the ban. The Texas law conflicts with high court precedent dating to 1973's Roe v. Wade and has forced women throughout Texas to travel to Oklahoma and other states for abortions. So interesting that this is still a thing and so sad. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 88 in La Quinta, 88 in Cathedral City, 48 in St. Louis, 46 in Buffalo, 54 in Baltimore, 84 in Phoenix, 79 in Miami, 79 in Houston, 88 in Palm Springs, 79 in Vegas, and 72 in LA. Now give us a vibe of the day. To live in hearts we leave behind is not to die. That is an honor of the Day of the Dead. I, I know that. about because of Coco. Absolutely. I think uh, that's I think my, I need one to of my watch nieces' favorite. Shall I also tell you about something that we're going to do because we're very much alive right now? I would love it. We're going to go to Palm Springs this Woo! weekend. Yes, Channel we are, Q honey. And the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa are kicking off Palm Springs Pride uh, with our first annual Divas in the Desert drag show galore hosted by Michaela and AJ Gibson. That's me. Also starring drag diva Rosemary Galore and Friends. Plus, the first 25 people to arrive get their first drink free. So join us this Thursday, November 4th from 8 to 11 in the drum room at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Kick off Palm Springs Pride with Channel Q and the true queens of the desert. I think that's us. I uh, think that is us. For more details, head over to wearechannelq.com. Listen, Pride is back. 
It's going to be a great weekend. We're going to be there all weekend long. Say, come say hi to us. But yes. if you're from Los Angeles or San Diego, Riverside, wherever you are, and you're heading into the Valley for the weekend, go a day early. Stop by the Morongo. Hang out with us. It's yes. going to be so much fun. I love it. All right, coming up in What the Health, Dr. James joins us to talk about kids getting vaccinated and why so many are hesitant. Coming up. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. On the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Oh, Justin, we forgot to tell you, you have a new bed for this segment. It should be in there somewhere. It might be under Gray's Anatomy. Oh, that it is, just that so you, it is. Just so you know. Go off, Thanks sister. for letting me know. We'll have it for the next we one. We changed the show while you were gone yeah. last yeah. week. Great. Dr. James Simmons, it's What the Health. How are you? I love that you're having this conversation with your producer right now. No, like, right James, now we're live. James, what you like, don't Yeah, we're very transparent here. There's you, literally, yeah. there's no man behind the curtain anymore. We, we wing it all day, every Amen. day. It's who we are. Amen. Who we are as a people, as a community, and, and who who our nation is as a people is a bunch of weird anti-vaxxers apparently because people are upset about the idea of kids getting vaccinated for COVID nineteen as if this is a new thing. Uh, what's the latest? Well, you know, maybe only a third of people because this is really interesting. When the Kaiser Family Foundation has surveyed parents and they're talking about kiddos getting vaccinated, so. I'll say I'll give you a little mini cliffhanger. I'll I'll wait on that statistic because on Friday the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized the two dose Pfizer and BioNTech vaccine for kiddos aged five to eleven. Right? Hooray! Yay! This is what we're waiting for. This is the youngest subset of people to be able to get vaccinated so far to date, and. What we're finding, though, in these surveys, and this is not only like pediatricians are talking about this, but the Kaiser Family Foundation did a really great survey. About a third of parents are like gung-ho. Yes, let's do it. I'm in. Vaccinate my child now. Right now, please. We've been waiting for this. Another third are adamantly the other way. Nope, not doing it. Never vaccinating my child. You guys can kiss mine behind. Then the third in the middle are sort of doing what a lot of people did, right? A lot of adults have been doing. I'm going to wait and see. I have a few more questions. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about this thing, but I'm not anti-vax, but I'm just not not yet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting that this is happening. I, I wish that those numbers were a little bit skewed closer towards vaccination because I do still worry a little bit about a potential surge this winter. I'm kind of because you're you fall under that one third, Michaela. You were the third that's like, I'll wait and see, and then you got your vaccine. Yeah, so you can relate to these parents, I'm sure. I, I you know, though, here's the hardest thing for me, and like where I don't have the authority, like maybe you do, Dr. James. I feel like it's very difficult to have a conversation because my niece and nephew are not going to get vaccinated. I know that for a fact. Yeah, my sister's an anti-vaxxer. My two nephews not getting vaccinated like ever for anything. Yeah, it's not happening, and so I don't even know. Not, I know that the conversation just will not be had, but also I feel hesitant when it comes to people's kids because I'm not a mom. Like, I don't know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be an aunt, but I feel like I'm in a, we're in a difficult position when you want to be like, well, maybe you should, um, but, but you can't. Like, how do you have that conversation? 
It's it's really difficult. I, I, I think that, you know, having this conversation still needs to be kind of like it's been with adults, you know, and now you're talking about parents with their kiddos. It, it's got to be almost like an intimate one-on-one conversation with someone that they trust. The problem is so many people are getting their information from untrustworthy uh, sources. Facebook, 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 right? (laughs) uh, We should say you mean meta, right? Yeah, meta, meta, meta analysis. That's a research joke. They're doing a meta analysis (laughs) and getting really, really bad information. And even, you know, parents who are like like you were talking about, AJ, who are just never vaccinating their kids against anything ever. I mean, there are reasons we can only say this so many times. There are reasons that there are tons of diseases that no one's ever heard of and that we don't know anyone who have gotten these diseases or died from them like polio and smallpox because we vaccinated the entire population and we essentially have eradicated those diseases at least here in the united states so it it, it's still really frustrating as a medical provider who's like i don't want your seven-year-old to come in with polio like Please continue getting vaccinated against all of the things, including COVID. And when it comes to COVID, we know it's still a fact that kiddos on the whole have less severe signs and symptoms, less severe cases of COVID if and when they get it. But the issue is that if we don't vaccinate, COVID still becomes a thing where we all get it, right? I've Mm -hmm. been saying that for a long time. Everyone's going to get this. And what I have seen in my hospital, particularly most recently with the Delta surge, and now this fall, is that kids are bringing it home. I've taken care of several adults in the hospital who were like, I was in that middle third. I wasn't against it, but I hadn't quite gotten vaccinated yet. My kid went to school, got what amounted to what felt like a cold for a few days turned out to be COVID, gave me COVID, and now I'm in the hospital. That yeah. really concerns me. Well, you know, Dr. James, we happen to have a, a parent in the room. Our producer, Justin, has a question for you. Hey, James, uh, just a quick question. Um, you know my son, Bennett. He's about two. When will we possibly see uh, authorization for kids under five? It's it's the next group coming, right? So we, we keep trickling down. You know, we did, you know, adults and, you know, 18 and over, 16 and over, depending on the vaccine, and then 12 to 18-year-olds and now 5 to 11-year-olds. So obviously it's the next group coming, probably six months to five years. This one, I think, is going to take a little longer because there are way less parents signing up to say, please allow my kid to be a part of these vaccine trials. Because, as I like to remind people, kids are not just small adults. They are sort of categorically different creatures. So we got to be extra careful in how we do this because they're kiddos, right? And I don't think there's going to be as many kids who are going to sort of stepping up, if you will, to be allowed to be a part of these vaccine trials. So I think it's going to take longer. My guess is we won't see vaccines for that age group until well into next year. Gotcha. It's really fascinating because I, I'm, I'm curious, like, Kids have been vaccinated to go to school for decades, right? I had to get vaccinated. We all had to get vaccinated to go to kindergarten, right? And that's just sort of was like an accepted thing. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, this anti-vaxxer movement has kind of taken over the nation. The, the vaccines that kids go to get to, like, say, go to school, right? Are those exactly the same? Is the, is, the, is the vaccine a kid is getting today to go to school the exact same one I got 30 years ago, 35 years ago? Or have those evolved, too? Depends on the vaccine. Some of them never needed to evolve. Some of them, boy, we kind of already evolved by time. We were all getting them when we were kids, and they were pretty optimized by then. 
some of them have changed and we've realized we need a little bit more of the inactive, you know, virus or something, or we need a little bit less. I will say that like stem cell research has also changed a lot of vaccines too. And so we're able to give vaccines to kids, you know, the big sweeping ones that everyone has to get before they go to school. We're able to give kids those with less side effects. Mm. We can put multiple doses into one syringe, things like that to make life easier. So they have evolved but not on a big grand scale like we found with the mRNA. That's like such new technology and it's amazing. And so far it's been really, really safe and effective. My guess is most vaccines will start moving towards using some form of that mRNA technology if they can, you know, going forward in the future. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up, uh, thank you so much, Dr. James Simmons. We want to continue this conversation with the health because a really interesting story came about where a man donated his kidney to his husband in an epic life-saving love story. But why are they still not able to donate blood? We'll discuss in depth next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health or Nurse Practitioner, Dr. James Simmons. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, so this is an interesting conversation that I've never really quite considered. You know, we know there's a lot of controversy around uh, members of our community being able to donate blood and things like that, right? And it's an outdated sort of archaic system that is slowly being updated. Uh, but this story was on LGBTQ Nation, one of our favorite sources for news. And there's this couple, uh, a gay couple, and one of the men, one of the husbands, donated this kidney to his husband to save his life. Now, we talk about blood and that makes sense, but what what about what about something like this? Like for instance, Lisa's partner needs a kidney or my partner needs a kidney or something else that we can that we can give. Is that the same as blood or is there is it a different conversation and would we be able to step in and help? I, I just I don't understand the science behind it, I guess. Big different conversation, right? In terms of like this is my entire organ. And uh, so for some folks who don't know, if you're listening, we have two kidneys. They're, they're kind of in your back where my love handles hang over my belt. That's where same, your kidneys honey, are kind same. of. And, okay, uh, honey. Yeah, I hear you. And you, your body can actually, you can live with only one. You don't technically need two, although it's really nice to have, particularly later in life. But this is why you hear about people being able to donate kidneys all the time. Ariana Grande's friend donated a kidney to her. But you have to be a match. Rejection of transplanted means, organs wait, baby, is a really Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. <laughs> I meant Selena no, Gomez. I'm actually, I'm, actually, I'm actually really good with Francia Raisa. She's one of my good friends. She's the one who donated the kidney, actually. So I just wanted to make sure we clarify I, that. But yes. I also literally think I was thinking of the picture that you took with Ariana Grande this weekend. Um, listen. Okay, go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like literally just looking at that, which is why we, I think listen, I came up with Ariana. Listen, anyway, listen so we hung out. We hung so, out Saturday night. And she hugged me and said a lot of really sweet things to me. And she wants to come to my wedding. Like, no big deal. Whatever. Go, go on. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> I'm freaking out for you. Okay. So back to, back to the serious conversation about organ transplants. Unfortunately, a big percentage of people have, uh, we call it rejection. It sounds sort of harsh, but like, but organ transplant rejection. So it's really important to make sure that there's like a genetic match and blood things have to match up. And there's all these labs all these things we test for to make sure that, you know, an individual who needs a kidney is getting a kidney or any organ from an individual where they will have the highest likelihood that that organ will not reject, right? Because it's a big, hairy deal to, to get a, a, an organ transplant. Mm -hmm. Well, these two, I think, are so cute that they are a married couple. They happen to actually 
genetically matched and one husband was able to donate one of his kidneys to the other to help correct Alport syndrome, which is what his husband had, which is a genetic disorder that slowly kind of destroys your kidneys and your hearing, actually. Oh, that's so awful. Oh, my God, that's terrible. I never thought about that because, like, on my license, whenever I get my license renewed, I'm a kidney donor, right? Right. Or a kidney donor, organ donor. And I've never really thought about, like, why why is it that the world is okay taking our organs, but as, as a gay man who's had sex with another man, I'm not allowed to give my blood still. Yeah, it's still a thing. And we still, even during COVID, you know, the guidelines got updated, which was really great. So instead of it being, you know, never before can anyone, a person who's had sex with a man who's had sex with a man since 1978, right? That was the old rule. And then it got changed to at least one year. You cannot have had sex for one year. Then it got updated to three months. So they're still saying you have to have been celibate for three months. If you are someone who has had sex with a man who's had sex with a man since 1978, three months before you can donate blood. I, I agree. I think this is wild. I do know that this policy is still being sort of tier two, like level B actively looked at, like it's not the hugest priority for some folks, which I think is a really uh, unfortunate thing. But it is still being looked at and reviewed to possibly change because the way that we, um, you know, evaluate blood and test for blood for everyone you know, we can almost effectively completely eliminate the the ability for hepatitis C or B or, you know, HIV or any of those things to go through transfusions, which was the original scare, very biased, very wrong in the 80s when this policy was put into place. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Well, Dr. James Simmons, we always appreciate you calling in and talking to us for What the Health. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I'm glad I had my bed music this time. I, I felt know. Amen. Grey's Anatomy. I mean, hello. Thank you for also correcting me on my divas, by the way. Yeah, Listen, I mean, there's sorry. nothing else I can correct Selena. you on, so at Selena, least I've got something. Ariana, I mean, it is Day of the we Dead the right queens. now, so at least you're you're keeping it in the, in the right region of the world. Uh, I guess, right. We adore you. All right, coming up, uh, Tiger King star Carol Baskin is suing Netflix over season two, and we've got all the drama and details coming up next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. This time, uh, Carol Baskin is back in the news. What's going on, Michaela? Okay, so season two of Netflix's smash coronavirus pandemic lockdown hit. Tiger King is set to debut later this month. However, star Carol Baskin is not too happy about it. Uh, Carol, who's 60 years old, is suing the streaming service and the docuseries producers, demanding footage with her in the second season be taken out. Now, the big cat lover who was featured in the first season is asking the judge to stop any videos of her and her big cat rescue organization in the upcoming season, the suit alleges that the scenes with Baskin shown in the latest trailer are misrepresenting what really happened during filming. The reality star wants the court to force Netflix to erase any footage of her in the promo materials, teasers, and trailers. She claims in her lawsuit that the show's reels are actually just unused film that did not make it into the final cut of the original series. She also alleges that the producers are recutting old footage to make it seem like she's giving new interviews. She's so mad, and uh, I don't know if she's going to win, uh, but she did tell uh, Page Six back in May that she never agreed to be a part of the second season. She said, I told the producers to lose my number. She said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, she might be so upset because she left Dancing with the Stars, or she got kicked off. Mm-hmm. But um, Well, because she was a really, really, really bad dancer. But like, not really only was bad. she horrific, she was really, the spotlight was on her about mm-hmm. if she she was going if she really killed her husband right yep 
So I feel like she's like kind of tripping out. And she's like, please keep the spotlight off of me. I thought it's what I wanted. I wanted to be a star. But I also get my husband. Yeah, but I also don't want to go to prison. And I'm kind of nervous now. Yeah, I think there's a couple parts to this. One, I think she wants no spotlight. You're a thousand percent, percent accurate on that. But on the other hand, I can't imagine Netflix would have put this entire season together without having their attorneys go over her agreements and comb over every single detail with a fine-tooth comb. Like, I can't imagine they didn't see this coming. So I feel like they've probably protected themselves against her. Yeah. But who knows? You know, an edit can be a funny thing. They yeah. can make her look like a gajillion different Listen, things if they want to. Listen, if that's not the truth. So we'll continue keeping you updated. I will say I'm excited to see Tiger King 2 because this, this is how sick my brain is. It feels nostalgic to Tiger King. And Isn't when Tiger weird? King came out, yep. we were still in the terrified in, but cozy yeah, pandemic. In the learn how to make sourdough bread era. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were like, oh, I love my family pandemic. Like, wow, I like being home. The all of us shacking up in the little lesbian shack pandemic. Yeah, and your 500 square foot bungalow. I, I never want to remember that. I hate that. I, hate it. I, I never want to go back terrible. to that place. But it, isn't it interesting, though, because you bring up a good point. It's interesting to think how we're a little bit nostalgic for those early days of pandemic. I think so many people are. Yep. I really am. Listen, I've never been busier. I'm grateful. We all are. Um, and I also feel like I miss my partner. I miss... Yes. I just text Sky. I said, I miss you. I'm so homesick for you. I don't know why. That connection, that uh, time alone. Yeah, yep. I really am. Uh, okay, well, coming up, is Bravo turning its back on the community with a new Housewives cast? We discuss next. Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, is Bravo turning its back on the community? Uh, Andy Cohen announced a new Housewives franchise, uh, but is it problematic? Could this get him canceled? We're going to discuss that in about 15 minutes from right now. Currently, though, it is time for some news on the beat from my girl, Michaela Gordon. What's happening? honey. Okay, so the Supreme Court listened to hours of arguments yesterday regarding the controversial Texas abortion law which prohibits abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy and attempts to avoid legal challenges by empowering private citizens to enforce it. The nine justices will continue to deliberate the case in private, but during yesterday's hearings, at least two conservative justices, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, expressed doubts regarding Texas' effort to prevent federal lawsuits against the law. This could set up a court-majority ruling against Texas for the first time and allow at least one of the lawsuits against the ban to proceed Critics of the law hope this may lead to a suspension of the ban. The Texas law conflicts with high court precedent dating to 1973's Roe v. Wade and has forced women throughout Texas to travel to Oklahoma and other states for abortions. All right, another news. Grey's Anatomy has announced that its first non-binary doctor will become a recurring character on the show. Dr. Kai Bartley, played by non-binary actor ER Fightmaster, made their debut on season 18's third episode as a Parkinson's disease researcher. Dr. Meredith Gray and Dr. Amelia Shepard meet Dr. Bartley while on a trip to the Minnesota hospital where they work. When the show picks back up on November 11th, Dr. Bartley will return as a regular on the long-running medical drama. The ABC describes Dr. Bartley as dedicated to their craft and extremely talented at what they do, as well as confident and able to make even the most detailed and mundane science seem exciting and cool. Now, last week, Fightmaster celebrated the news of their casting on Instagram, posting a headline from Variety and writing, I'm having so much fun. That sounds really fun. Congratulations. Of course, that's a big. I I think big they're going to make their character have a love, like a relationship situation with Amelia Shepard, 
because Amelia Shepard is recently single and very, very intrigued by their character. And I think there's a little bit of, there's some chemistry there, and I think they're going to explore that, what a cis, seemingly straight up to this point female uh, relationship with a non-binary doctor might actually look like. I think it's really fascinating. I do too. I love the show. I love it. All right. Uh, in other news, in the midst of a rise in violent incidents on airplanes, out transportation secretary Pete Buttigieg said adding violent and unruly passengers to the no-fly list should be on the table. During an interview on CNN's State of the Union, Buttigieg emphasized that it is completely unacceptable to mistreat abuse, uh, abuse or even disrespect flight attendants and flight crews. These flight attendants have been on the front lines of the pandemic from day one. Pandemic. Yeah, that, <laughs> Almost so kind it. of what it should Seriously. be. And uh, he continued, and they're up there, as the announcement always says, for your safety. There's absolutely no excuse for this kind of treatment of flight crews in the air or any of the essential workers, from bus drivers to air crews who get people to where they need to be. In the interview, co-anchor Dana Bash asked Buttigieg about the possibility of a no-fly list in the context of a recent American Airlines flight that was diverted when a flight attendant suffered broken bones, including in her face, after being assaulted by the passenger. Now, the FAA has seen at least 1,300 reported cases of violent or unruly passengers this year alone. In most years, there have only been about 100 to 150 incidents. Uh, They say the spike has been attributed in large part to passengers refusing to wear masks on planes, in addition to pandemic-related mental health issues. you got to think, a lot of these people who are on these planes right now uh, are living in states where mask mandates have either been almost non-existent or have not happened for a while. Then they go to an airport, and they sit on a plane, and they're crammed with other people, and the, 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 the stress of flying is too much. I think they should be banned from all airlines for at least a year and then if they repeat ban them for life like it's un it, i get anxious getting on planes now because there's always at least one person who you can tell could be problematic that's starting stuff up because of the masks and i can't imagine being a flight attendant no this woman's nose is broken recently punched by a guy yeah but i went to vegas and they do have the mask mandates that they're enforcing when you walk through the casinos you have to but we went to the grocery store, we went to the car dealership, we went to Audi, and nobody had their masks on. And you're sort of, you know, not a big deal, but you're dealing with people who kind of like have some money, so they're definitely not listening. Well, they don't care. Speaking of people who have some and- money, I don't even care about this anymore. I, I want to hear about, <laughs> I want to hear more about Audi. Because you said people who have money, and if you're at Audi, <laughs> well, it's me, it's Lisa. you got a little money. Listen. So is that it, what she got? She got a new car? She got an yes, Audi? Yes, she did. Okay, girl. That's, yes, that's what I care did. about. I know. I know. Listen, <laughs> my sweet baby, I feel like I just need to pump her up. We had such a year last year, and I feel like just a congratulations to her, to us. We're coming out of it. It feels so good to be back. Yeah, but to your point, though, people they, all of a sudden want to But they, they did play not wear their masks. They're like, nope, don't want to. Don't want to deal with it. Don't want to be told what to do. It's not acceptable. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, they'll get this under control. Mayor Pete, not controversial in my mind. Absolutely. Let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 72 in L.A., 79 in Vegas, 88 in Palm Springs, 46 in Kansas City, and 81 in Miami. Now give us a vibe of the day. This is in honor of Day of the Dead and Coco, one of my favorite Pixar films of all time. To live in hearts we leave behind is not to die. You're going to die for this. We've got something really fantastic 
coming up for you this weekend in Palm Springs. Channel Q and the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa are kicking off Palm Springs Pride with our first annual Divas in the Desert Drag Show galore, hosted by Michaela, myself, and Diva Rosemary galore and friends. Plus, the first 25 people to arrive get their first drink free, so join us this Thursday, uh, November 4th from 8 to 11 p.m. in the drum room at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Kick off Palm Springs Pride with Channel Q and the true queens of the desert. That's us. For more details, head over to wearechannelq.com. We'd love to see you. Amen. Okay, coming up is Bravo turning its back on the community with the new casting of Housewives we discuss next. All right, so you know that I am a huge fan of all things Real Housewives. I watch all the seasons. Uh, Every couple years, my favorite shifts. For a while, back in the day, I used to really love Orange County. It's terrible now. I loved New York for a while. It's terrible now. I've never stopped loving Jersey. Um, but and we my, never will. My number one for many, many years was Atlanta until the last couple of seasons of Beverly Hills. And oh, it's been so good. I'm also personally friends with Erica Jane, Garcelle Beauvais, Lisa Renna. Like, I've known them for many, many years, so it hits a little bit different. Um, and it's right in our backyard, so I'm obsessed. All the drama with Erica Jane and her ex-husband, Tom Girardi, it's a lot. Okay? So they're getting the numbers. They're beating everybody in the ratings right now, uh, but the the franchise is always expanding. We saw Salt Lake City was added last year. Uh, they're in a lot of drama right now because of Jen Shaw, uh, and so everybody's saying this is a really great season. Potomac is really great now, but they're looking to expand even further and yeah. go international. Miami's getting ready to Miami's come doing back. their show on Peacock next. Yep, but they're going international now with the Bravos, the Real Housewives of Dubai uh, announcement coming this week. So here's the issue, though. It's getting a lot of backlash because Andy Cohen, one of the most prominent members of our community, beloved by many, uh, and and seen as as the face to some of of our generation of queer men in entertainment, the Andy Cohens of the world, the Anderson Coopers, like they're doing it right. And I don't think there's anything really in in pop culture in reality, at least, that is really sort of entered the zeitgeist quite like the Real Housewives franchises have. Yeah. And there's so many of them, and they're so iconic, and they've created so many stars. So people are really upset by this because Dubai has a long, long history of anti, uh, anti-LGBTQ anti laws and legislation. It's very, very problematic. Uh, so do we think that Andy has turned his back on the community to make a buck or – are we hopeful that maybe by bringing this franchise there, it might show a different side and maybe even change some hearts in Dubai? What are your thoughts? I think Dubai is a very interesting place. I think I also know nothing about it. I know mm. that it comes from a lot of money. I do know that there's been a lot of anti-LGBTQ uh, slurs and, and laws that have come out of Dubai. I'm also very intrigued by this idea. Like, I have no idea what those women are like. I I do think that having Dubai as the housewives is going to, again, fully, uh, fully change the housewives. Like, seeing these women who have so much money, seeing these women who live these extravagant They're going to make Beverly lives, Hills look like paupers. It's, I mean, it's crazy. That's literally what it's going to look like. Mm. Do I think that Andy Cohen thought about that? Yeah, do I think that he cared? Maybe not, because he's this is his franchise. But um, I think that this could be a positive thing. I think that having these women of influence come onto this show and then uh, 
because that well, I mean they are they'll eventually be of influencers of course of course and for them to stand up for the community well, it could end up working in the benefit of our community especially as women because they always try to frame these shows as empowering women now I think that will be debated forever because in some ways sure but in other ways I think that we all are entertained by the cattiness and the fighting and and the the backstabbing of it all, which is problematic as a woman. Yeah. Uh, and according to a report from the World Economic Forum back in 2020, that seems like forever ago, uh, United Arab Emirates, the UAE, which Dubai is a part of, um, uh, they listed, uh, they ranked near the very bottom of all countries in gender equality, 120th out of 153 countries in the entire world that are on this ranking. Um, so... They're not really treated, you know, as equals there. Women have to prove in order to get a divorce in Dubai. They have to prove that their uh, husband physically harmed them in order for them to even – they can't just choose to divorce somebody for any reason. And then oftentimes the money goes to the man again. So, Well, you know, when this came out, what was it, at least 15 years ago, 12 years ago? Um, they were looked at as like these housewives that did not make their own money. They were like rich uh, because of their husbands. And that the franchise has completely changed. I feel like it has empowered women. I mean, look at Teresa Giudice. She went to prison, but she has uh, her cookbooks. She's got this jewelry line now. Like so many of these women have benefited and have been able to reclaim their own power, make their own money. Bethany Frankel, she showed up and taught people how to really do their business. Okay. I mean, I think that interesting, it- but also think about this in Dubai, women can't party, drink, Wear sexy clothes. They can't swear. But my example is... So how, then, do you create a show where these women are allowed to grow? Totally. But we watched The First Housewives with Vicky Gunvalson and that whole, like, era of time, right? Mm -hmm. And then it changed so much into the Bethany Frankels. If we started at Dubai... Maybe. Giving it attention, putting the spotlight on what's happening... I hear you. We could, in 10 years, be looking at a very different Dubai. Well, because currently, uh, punishments in Dubai... For those who are anything other than uh, heterosexual marriage, who are in a heterosexual marriage, include jail, floggings, death, fines, deportation, chemical castration, forced psychological treatments, beatings, forced hormone injections, and torture. Well, I'm going to tell you something else. Oof. Guess who's part of the, the franchise? Who? Carolyn Stanberry. Who's that? Don't you remember Carolyn Stanberry? She was on. She was on another Bravo show. Um, I, or actually, I believe she was part of the Housewives franchise. Um, I think she was New York for a while. And people loved her. And she's in... Uh, so she actually lived there and she's not... Oh, I, oh, I do you remember her? her. Yes. So she's one of the castmates. Hmm. And she drinks like a... And, and swears well, like a sa- sailor. Her, her husband, she... Oh, yes, she's British. Her husband's last name is Habib. Their children are Habib. She was uh, Ladies of London. Ladies she was on Ladies London. of London. That's what it was. That's right. Interesting. It's going to be really interesting. I'm excited to see how I this goes. try not to pass judgment, but I'm really in love with Potomac right now in Beverly Hills, so I don't know if I need it. Yeah. Well, I will we're watch, gonna, though. We're going to watch, and we're going to get into it. All right, coming up, uh, why Ed Sheeran thought he was gay, highlighting the problems he was having with his own masculinity and what he was able to come to terms with coming up next. This story is so fascinating to me. I love Ed Sheeran. I think he's wildly talented. Um, but... He's been very open, and maybe this is part of the reason I love him, about uh, his sexuality and what that means to him. By all accounts, he's very much a straight man. Yeah. But he has a very close relationship to Elton John. They talk literally every single day on the phone, which is why I can imagine that for a moment. Yeah. Elton John calls me every day. 
I'm still freaking out that Ariana Grande talked to me for 20 minutes Saturday night. Yeah. Imagine getting a call from Elton every day. Totally. Uh, well, Ed Sheeran now is opening up and saying that he recalls thinking he was gay as a kid uh, because he's not hugely masculine. He said, I'm not a hugely masculine person. I uh, said during an uh, a recent I think episode we have audio, babe. of Man, Man, Man podcast. Let's take a listen. Not that I'm not like a hugely masculine person anyway. Like I, I have I have a definite um, feminine side to the point where like when I was a kid, I thought I was gay for a bit. Like I, 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 I definitely have a big feminine side. I love musical theater. I love pop music. I love Britney Spears. Like my my masculine side is like probably stops at drinking beer and watching football. <laughs> OK, OK, I get that. You know, I think that a lot of men are tackling um, masculine energy and feminine energy because it's really never been a conversation that you could have until mm. like really right now. Republicans are having it. Josh Hawley thinks we need to go back to the days where men are men and women are women and leave it at that. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> and you know, it's crazy because I was talking to Lisa, not to make it about women, but I think just that it sort of correlates that Lisa, even when she first came out, felt like the word there was the word butch and she had to be like, masculine and it was like that was kind of what lesbians were yeah one or the or, other or a, very, lip, or a lipstick lesbian totally, one or the other you're like butch or lipstick yep and now we're having very different conversations um because she has a very beautiful feminine side and masculine side both that are able to be embraced and it didn't always feel like that and i think that thanks to this newer generation thanks to little nas x thanks to, and and everybody that came before little nas x mm-hmm. i mean obviously he was influenced so by many the masses the elton johns of the world of course that we're able to now be like, oh, okay, I can embrace. Well, this happened. Okay, so you know this story, but and I'm not going to say any names, but when I was at your show, Reverie, like a couple of months ago, one of your friends, we all sat in a group, Elisa and I went together to support you, and one of your friends was sitting next to me, and I was like, oh, he's hitting on me. He's checking me out. Oh, he's cute and, like, gorgeous, gorgeous. And I was like, oh, he's a little hottie. Okay, I'm very much engaged, but, like, this dude's cute. Not until the end of the night. Did that dude tell me, yeah, I'm a lesbian, and we had a conversation. Yes. And I was like, oh, wait, what? And I was so, and I was confused for a moment because I was like, wait, I've never really been attracted to women. And it fully identifies as female yeah. and as a cis female and as a lesbian. And I was like, oh, okay. It but challenged, it's just so fluid right it now. challenged what I thought I knew. Yeah. Guess who was at the gym last night? Who? Laith Ashley. Love. Working out next to us. And I was like, I'm pretty sure because everybody wears their mask in the gym, so you can't really tell for sure. And I looked at Emil like, yeah, it's Laith. And I was like, oh, wow, Laith is hot. Yeah. Before Laith Ashley, I never thought in my mind, I was like, I never really considered. Like, Laith Ashley did it for me, too. Attracted to a trans man. I don't know. I don't. And, and now the answer is yes, I Honestly, could Honestly, I feel like, and I told this to Lisa, I could identify as pansexual. I feel like, uh, because I did, I did date men. We've talked about the bisexuality conversation, being overly sexualized, so I mm-hmm. don't. I'm madly in love with Lisa, and I'm so happy with Lisa. But if for some reason we weren't together, I would be open to date... Uh, trans people I would be open to dating like anybody like whoever just sets me on fire is who I would be down for and I think that it's because of Laith Ashley and different people that you're well, like oh it opens your eyes it's about mm-hmm. representation and that's why it's so important and I, I told this story before but my fiance I asked one day I said what if I decided I came home one day and I told you I was trans I wanted to transition he's like yeah and I was like no what would that do he's like what what are you, what are you asking me I'm like well what, what would you do he's like I would love you I'm like but you wouldn't like be with me right And he's like why wouldn't I be and I was like, oh, wow, I got some stuff yeah. to unpack. As a 41-year-old, we didn't have these conversations growing up, really. And it's so different now. And what is gender? Like, what is gender? I know, you know, I used to sneak my mom's high heels when I was a little kid and wear them. And then at some point I was told, no, 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 no. And then that was embedded in me, you know? But, like, why? Like, who cares? 
why does it matter the clothing that you wear? Yeah. Men used to wear high heels and wigs. And then they didn't. Totally. Because Listen. of like, Christianity or something? Like, what is the point? I'm we're, I'm totally unpacking my sexuality day by day, being in therapy and then being in couples therapy. And more has been revealed. I've talked to you about it. Mm. But it's crazy the amount of things that we oppress that we don't even know we're doing. Yeah, and the rules that we live by and the generation mm. before us lives by. And see, Ugh. Lisa was totally rebellious. We were very different in that way. Lisa, like, did her thing, whereas I did not. And when she heard rules, she was like, bye. I've been thinking about getting my nails painted for 41 years now and I haven't done it yet. I thought we did paint your nails. No, I want to try it. I've never so done it. So let's do it for pride. Yeah, maybe. This would be the time. Yeah, you're right. Or tomorrow would be the time or whatever would be the time. There's no time, but yeah. pride would be fun. Uh. Okay, coming up and what's popping, Kristen Stewart uh, and Dylan Meyer are taking it to the next level. Find out what's going on next. That's right. You're listening to The Morning Beating. It's time for another round of what's popping, Michaela Gordon. What do you got? Very exciting news. Kristen Stewart is engaged to Dylan Meyer, and it's very exciting news. Uh, the Spencer Stark confirmed the news uh, during an interview with the Howard Stern Show, revealing girlfriend Dylan Meyer recently popped the question. She said, we're marrying. We're totally going to do it. I want it to be proposed to. So I think I very distinctly carved out what I wanted, and she just nailed it. We're marrying. It's happening. Uh, and I love that. I think that uh, Kristen Stewart has really kind of been through it in regards to very public relationships since she found so much fame during Twilight. And uh, they seem so cute. They kind of look alike, but I think that always happens. She kind of reminds me of you. She's like, I was very clear about what I wanted, and then she got it right. Oh, yeah. You've been telling Lisa for six years exactly what you want, how you want it, when you want it. Now it's up to Lisa to do the rest. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I I actually haven't. I've had no clear vision to give her. She's asked me. And I said, all I care about is having all the people that I love most there when you do it. And she was like, oh, okay. You designed your ring, Michaela. I didn't. I didn't. Amy took me to go ring shopping. And then Amy showed me, like, what all the different rings were. And then I was like, oh, my God, okay, I love this ring. But I have no idea what I want, like, the dress. No, I, I never have. I don't know what it is. I just never thought about these things. And in, as far as the proposal, I have no idea. Also, I don't really want to tell her anything because it's really hard to surprise me. I'm so nosy and I find everything out. And I feel like if one thing popped up that I said I'd want in an engagement, I would know right away. And I really want to be surprised. That's why I haven't told you a thing about my wedding. Kind of can't. Kind of can't. Can't. You already, can't you already told me what you're wearing. You told me what all the all the wedding party's going to wear. Yes. You decided that. You already told me what songs you're going to sing. <laughs> You've basically, you planned more of my wedding than I have, and I'm paying for it, so. I swear to God, when you say things out loud, I it hits so different. I sure <laughs> does I did it? do. I did does say it? all those things, didn't I? <laughs> but I have great taste. Okay, coming up in our final hour, we're talking to Doc Halligan on Hidden Toxins for Pets, what you need to know next. You know what? That's what I really want too, Lil Nas X. I want somebody to love me. Kayla, just love me. I do love you. I'm you, obsessed with you. You love me? Oh, hi, honey. Okay. All right. I love I'm you, too. I'm a loving guy. I'm a loving you guy. I think I love you just slightly less than you love me. But I think, I think, I think, to be fair, I think that you love everybody a little bit more than they're capable of loving you back because you're just so full of love. I think that's it. I could see that. I also think that you withhold your love from me because <laughs> I'm iconic and I scare you. I'm in therapy. I'm because working, of, you're in therapy. I'm, I'm in therapy because I'm working on it, okay? So just <laughs> cut me some slack, all right? We have a fantastic okay, final hour coming up for you. Uh, Michaela's talking about the latest on the uh, oral arguments from the Supreme Court. 
couple of very conservative justices uh, maybe shocking us uh, with their views on Roe v. Wade. She has that story for you in just a moment. Also, I want to remind you that coming up in about 15 minutes, our veterinarian, our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan, joins us. Uh, a lot of snacks and candy and stuff around the houses right now after Halloween. We know that chocolate is dangerous for, for pets. Uh, but what other dangers might be lurking in your home that you had no idea were dangerous? Uh, we're keeping our little furry friends safe. Coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. Uh, currently, though, it's time for some news on the beat. Michaela, take it away. All right, Babel, the Supreme Court listened to hours of arguments yesterday regarding the controversial Texas abortion law, which prohibits abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy and attempts to avoid legal challenges by empowering private citizens to enforce it. The nine justices will continue to deliberate the case in private. But during yesterday's hearings, at least two conservative justices, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, expressed doubts regarding Texas' effort to prevent federal lawsuits against the law. This could set up a court majority ruling against Texas for the first time and allow at least one of the lawsuits against the ban to proceed. Critics of the law hope this may lead to a suspension of the ban. The Texas law conflicts with high court precedent dating to 1973's Roe v. Wade and has forced women throughout Texas to travel to Oklahoma and other states for abortions. All right, another news, Grey's Anatomy. An- Anatomy has announced that its first non-binary doctor will become a reoccurring character on the show. Dr. Kay Bartley, played by non-binary actor ER Fightmaster, made their debut on season 18's third episode as a Parkinson's disease researcher. Dr. Meredith Gray and Dr. Amelia Shepard meet Dr. Bartley while on a trip to the Minnesota hospital where they work. When the show picks back up on November 11th, Dr. Bartley will return as a regular on the long-running medical drama. ABC describes Dr. Bartley as dedicated to their craft and extremely talented at what they do, as well as confident and able to make even the most detailed and mundane science seem exciting and cool. Last week, Fightmaster celebrated the news of their casting on Instagram, posting a headline from Variety and writing, I'm having so much fun. This is really exciting because I know that you love Grey's Anatomy. I love Grey's Anatomy. Also, they're a character on the hit show Shrill on Hulu starring A.D. Bryant, which, by the way, if you've never watched, it's absolutely hilarious. Justin, I know you're dying to say something right now. No, actually, I was just adjusting something. You pulled that mic right by your face when I said, said A.D. Bryant. Do you have a crush on A.D.? No, actually. Do you like A.D.? I, I, like I think she's supremely talented. Mm-hmm. I have a crush you on her. I have a crush on her. I think she's hilarious. Yeah. She's hilarious. You just got married like a couple of weeks ago, Justin. Calm down. Keep it in your pants. Calm. What did I do? Lauren's listening right now. Pervert. Actually, she's mad at me because I left blankets out. You left blankets out. Yeah. That's, That's where marriage. you are two weeks into your marriage? Yeah. Wow. You guys just got back from your honeymoon. Why did you, you leave the blankets ago. out? Honeymoon's, Honeymoon's over. over. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. That's terrifying. Let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of, just kidding, it's totally normal, 55 in New York, 72 in L.A., 79 in Vegas, 88 in Palm Springs, 46 in Kansas City, 66 in Atlanta, 46 in Chicago, 70 in Sacramento. 46? Yeah. 88 in Cathedral City and 88 in La Quinta. They give us a vibe of the day. Well, here's here's something before the vibe. This is actually a vibe. This weekend, Channel Q and the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa are kicking off Palm Springs Pride Weekend with our first annual Divas in the Desert Drag Show Galore, hosted by the two of us and starring drag queen diva Rosemary Galore and friends, plus the first 25 people to show up get their first drink free. It's on us. So join us this Thursday night, November 4th from 8 to 11 in the drum room at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa and kick off Palm Springs Pride with Channel Q and the true queens of the desert. That's us. For more details, head over to wearechannelq.com. I think what I should do, I'll, I'll come with a variety of disguises. I'll just get all my drinks paid for. All 25 of them? Yeah. 
Loving that energy. We'll, just, we'll have no board. idea it's you, Justin. Well, no idea. have a mustache, no, well, no wig. A mustache. You already have a mustache. Well, I can shave the mustache. Yeah, well, there, you'll There's de- a second in disguise. There you go. That'll definitely throw us off. Well, you never know. We'll never figure it out. Ever. Here's your vibe of the day. To live in hearts we have, to live in hearts we leave behind is not to die. That's in honor of Day of the Dead. Uh, remembering those we've lost. Love that. Love that energy and love you. And love Vivian Cabarici. <laughs> now coming up, uh, I'm so excited because Doc Halligan is joining us next to talk about hidden toxins for pets, what you need to know, and how to get any of those toxins out if they do unfortunately swallow it. Coming up. Welcome back to The Morning Bean. If you're anything like Michaela and I, we love our little pets so much. We always want to keep them safe. Uh, and and somebody who helps us do that more often than we can even tell you is our in-house veterinarian, celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan. Doc, how you doing? Good morning. Good I'll t- morning. I'll tell you what, listeners. Uh, I can't tell you how many times since I've gotten my puppy in this last year. I've texted Doc Halligan. She's come through for me every single time. Uh, he's turning one this Sunday. It's a big, big deal. We're super excited about <laughs> it. We have some really cool stuff planned for him. Um but I've learned a lot over the course of the last year, and I think a lot of pet owners can relate to this. Everybody knows you don't give your dog chocolate, right? That's that's a gimme. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are the things we need to be concerned about? Because uh, Listen, things drop on the floor all the time. I dropped a vitamin D tablet the other day, and I almost lost my mind because I thought he was going to oh grab it. Oh, my God, I know. And the way there's no frantic, there's no more frantic feeling than dropping something they're not allowed to the eat. The worst. So what are some things we need to look for, and what are some areas where we maybe can relax a little bit and not be too stressed when we're thinking about keeping our pets safe? Great. Well, there are things that people don't realize are toxic to pets because they're okay for us. So one of the big ones we see is raisins and grapes. Now, not all dogs can have a problem from it, but if they do, they can go into kidney failure within 24 hours. So if your pet doesn't just like raisins or grapes, you know, I, t- I think I said this before too, you know, you can make a pet vomit up something especially if they've just eaten it. I used to do this all the time with my lab who would ingest things all the time by giving them some hydrogen peroxide. It's like one teaspoon per 10 pounds. It's very safe, but you should call your vet. They can walk you through it. So that's one thing to keep in mind. If your dog just eats five grapes, you can make them vomit that up right away, and then you don't have to worry about the toxicity. Um, Macadamia nuts are another thing that, you know, is fine for us. And people don't realize um, that they can get violently ill from just six macadamia nuts. Again, oh, my they don't God. Really, they don't know what's in the nut that actually causes that. But that particular nut is can be toxic. Um, potato peel and green-looking potatoes. Wait, and what? So potato peels. Oh, wow. Not the, but the peel itself, it, they contain um, oxalates which can affect the pet, nervous system, vomiting, diarrhea, um, onions and garlic. People, you know, they don't, they don't understand, but they contain this uh, weird ingredient that actually causes the red blood cells to lice or break up, and they can die from eating onions and garlic. Whoa. The raw, the raw, um, raw or cooked, um, and then, you know, what else? Oh, Plums, peaches, and pears, and apricots, the pits of those contain cyanogenic glycosides. So it's like um, 
cyanide poisoning. Oh. So that's something, if they get, it's the pit that's very dangerous yeah. for them. Avocados are really fat, fatty, very fatty food that can make them go into like a life-threatening um, pancreatitis. Xylitol that's in the gum, you know, the sugar-free gum and sugar-free pastries. There's something in the xylitol. So those are ones that I'm thinking, oh, a lot of people don't know those. Everyone knows like chocolate and bones and ham. Sure. So remember, if if you see it and it's something like that, you can try to make them vomit it up. If, If they don't, we have apomorphine that we give them injectable. We just inject it and they vomit it right up. So there's hope if you're there, you know, now if you get home and you see, oh, no, what did my pet do? Then rush them in. You can call the ASPCA uh, poison hotline. You know, there's, there's a list of things people don't even think about. These are just foods, but like um, cleaning items and, you totally. know, pills, like you said, you know, your dog ate the vitamin D. I mean, I had, I had a, a client whose dog ate the entire bottle of Rimadel. It was beef-flavored Rimadel for her dog that she gave for arthritis. It ate the whole bottle. We had to pump its stomach. Ugh. So, you know, I don't, sometimes they just have a moment and they will eat things. So you do have to make sure that cupboards with things are are secure, especially for puppies or new pets coming into your household. And don't despair because, you know, the majority of time, if we can get the pet to the clinic, you know, if you, if the vomiting doesn't work, we can save the pet. Mm. So, um, you know, just, and bring in what it is that they ate. That's really helpful uh, that, so that we can super, look and super, see. Super, super helpful mm-hmm. because my, my dog did get sick one time and I brought in an uh, example of what made the dog sick or what came out of my yeah. poor dog and you figured it out right away and he's healthy as can be and he's almost one year old. So thank you so much, Doc Halligan, for keeping yeah, our pets healthy. Know, Thanks, Doc you Halligan. You don't have to bring in the vomit or the diarrhea, just saving you a little, okay? A little chip. We don't, that doesn't help us, but what they ate does. Thank you so much, Doc Halligan. So you're saying keep your dogs ish at home. Uh, now, if you want more <laughs> or need more, download her podcast, Unleashed, or go to DocHalligan.com. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you again, Doc. Hey, you're welcome. All right, coming up, was it a bad decision for a school to visit a gay bar? Coming up next. Tell me something good. I'll tell you something great. The U.S. Senate, controversial at best. Just did something really great, though. They confirmed their first openly LGBTQ woman to a lifetime seat on the U.S. Appeals Court. Her name is Beth Robinson. It also tilts the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second uh, Circuit to a majority Democrat-appointed court, which is very, very important. We look at the Supreme Court. There are a lot of lower courts, though, that uh, Donald Trump appointed a gajillion judges to, uh, and this helps balance it out just a little bit. President Joe Biden quietly chalked up another historic win uh, just yesterday, uh, last night, with the Senate's confirmation of Beth Robinson to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Court. Uh, She's been an associate judge on the Vermont Supreme Court since 2011. She's now the first openly LGBTQ woman to serve on any U.S. appeals court. It's a lifetime appointment. She's 50 six years old she could be there for a while it's a pretty young appointment yeah. so that's pretty big news also let's just think about this uh she was confirmed by 50 50 democrats and one republican one republican oh no two actually every democrat plus two uh one democrat must not have voted but lisa murkowski and susan collins both voted for her 
even though they are Republican women, uh, it shows you the importance of having female representation because women are more likely to step away from their party for what's right than men are. Yes. And kudos to these two women. They get it wrong a lot, but they got it right on this one. Absolutely. So thank you for that. Love. Okay, this is amazing. Uh, we've actually spoken to John Waters, but filmmaker John Waters has heard all the jokes about the Baltimore Museum of Art and his request to have the restrooms there named after him. That they'll be called John's John's or the Waters Closet. I love it. That people will be itching to go, flushing with anticipation. That glory holes are bound to appear. He himself joked about all of the local tourism board um, should mark the restrooms on maps of the city right along with Babe Ruth's birth birthplace and Edgar Allan Poe's grave. Uh, this is so clever and so funny. Uh, when John's Waters, John's. John's John's. <laughs> when Waters and the museum unveiled the new restrooms during a private reception this week, Waters did more than make fun of the situation. He used the dedication ceremony to make a serious statement about trans gender rights and the role institutions such as the BMA can play in changing society. The new restrooms are the first at the BMA that were designed to be gender neutral, meaning anyone can use them. They consist of four private rooms with solid walls and lockable doors that go from floor to ceiling rather than stalls with swinging doors and metal partitions, plus a communal washroom. I think that's great. I think smart. that's so smart. You go to Europe, you go to Asia, most of the restrooms there are not stalls like we have here. They're just completely enclosed. It makes more sense. It's outdated to do things the way we do. And Absolutely. also the idea that you can like peek through a stall like you can, like that's weird. Yeah. It's just weird. Give people their yeah. privacy. I don't care what your gender is. Just totally. go to the restroom and peace. I agree. And I used to think it was strange years and years and go years ago. Go to the ago. restroom and pee. Yeah. But you know, the first time I went to a co-ed restroom years ago, I was like, this is a little odd. But then I was like, it's actually not. It's yeah. not strange at all. Um, speaking of John Waters, that was Hairspray you were playing there. I just wanted to brag once again that I not only hung out with Ariana Grande, who played um, a role on Hairspray NBC Live, their version a few years ago. Yes, honey. She told me, she goes, I'm sorry, that wasn't my best vocal performance. I want to apologize for that. And I said, you sounded Please, great. Ariana. You know who else I hung out with? Who? Marissa Jarrett Winoker, who uh, we had on our show recently. I hung out with her. She's in love with the meal and I, apparently. Obsessed. And she won a Tony Award for playing Tracy Turnblatt. She's going to be on my podcast. Yes. Confess your mess in a couple of weeks. So Congratulations, honey. I Such love a big me, deal. You know how I love Hairspray. Yes. I geek out. I know. I love it. We have a great show for you tomorrow. As always, Red, White, and Q with Ryan Basham. He'll join us, and we're inching closer and closer to spending this weekend in Palm Springs. We're so excited. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.